Welcome to the Women on the Rise podcast. I'm Jen Blandos, and I am so excited to share with you that for the next 30 days, I am introducing you to 30 of Female Fusions members from around the world. They're going to share with you their stories of entrepreneurship, their highs, the lows, what inspired them to get into business, which I hope will inspire you along your entrepreneurial journey. Welcome to another special episode of our Women on the Rise podcast, where we are interviewing 30 female entrepreneurs from Female Fusion. And today I am joined by Oana Radu, who is an entrepreneur that wears many hats. She is the founder of the Immigration Office and a new business called Nanny Genie, which is an online marketplace for people to find home help. Welcome to the podcast, Oana. Such a pleasure to be here, Jen. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast because you're one of our founding members. And I remember that I was building Female Fusion right around the same time that you were building your businesses as well. And there's a few of us within Female Fusion that were kind of building up our businesses, whether it's first business, second, third business, but it seems like all of the businesses that we have today happened at that same time. Maybe before we jump into things, could you tell everybody a little bit just about who you are and the businesses that you have? Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm proud to say today that I'm an entrepreneur. It took me a couple of years to take that ownership of the word in itself. Um, I uh, have been born and raised in Romania, uh, traveled a bit and then settled in the UAE about 10 years ago. Um, And I started my business nine years back, my first business nine years back. And now I run an immigration consultancy company. I have an online marketplace, as you said, that is um, supporting families finding house help. And there are a few other projects that I run on the side. Multifaceted entrepreneur. <laughs> Absolutely, and a very proud mother of two boys. That's, I mean, that that's so important as well that we have that balance to have our businesses and raise our families and kind of live life on our own terms. Yes, I think that the element of freedom, most probably, that comes with, and and again, we all know that freedom comes with a cost when you're an entrepreneur. But correct the possibility of knowing that you can have breakfast with your family if you choose to do so or spend a few days outside of the country with them. I think it's it's a great blessing that comes with the effort that you put in as an entrepreneur. I would say that's probably one of the the biggest highlights for me that I really appreciate is it gives me the flexibility even though you know we work hard and I probably work harder now for myself than I ever did for for anybody else. But you also know that you have that flexibility. And I remember when my kids were little, it meant that if they had a play at school at two o'clock in the afternoon, I didn't have to ask permission. I would just go to the play or I could, you know, go to a lookbook at school or take the afternoon off and go do something with my kids. And that's something that I don't think I would have had if I worked for somebody else. That's absolutely true. And I think that's the way I look at it as well because I can adjust and adapt my schedule based on also their needs. Um, And exactly as you said, I think nobody tells you when you're starting your entrepreneur journey how hard and how hardworking you're going to need to be all of a sudden. And you assume that it's going to take a while and then you're going to, you know, just thrive at it. And it takes a lot longer than a while. But um, the fact that I know if they're having a bad day or if they're having a great day and they want mom there to celebrate it, I can just 
block everything off and do that as well. Yeah, I would say that to me is one of the most powerful aspects of having your own business. Absolutely. Now, I, I mentioned in the the introduction that you and I kind of have been growing our businesses relatively around the same time, um, both sort of at the, the seven-figure mark. What do you feel it took for you to get your business to seven figures? Well, um, if, if I'm going to somehow relate my experience to our journey throughout Female Fusion, I remember that it was... Um, it was around 2020 and there were a lot of uh, support uh, calls that Female Fusion were um, organizing, right, in several areas. Um, and I remember that most of my questions during that time came from a place of fear. Yeah. And um, that fear was fear of, will my business actually survive this? And again... Um, it was quite a stable business at that point because it, it was operating for about five years, but you could call it a small business and you would, would call it a struggling business, especially in the moment when, you know, it's hard to be an immigration business when all visas are, are being suspended. Um, but for me as an entrepreneur and as a person, every single um, question that I had and every single angle that I was looking at my journey was coming from a place of fear and of uncertainty. And I think it needed to really go rock bottom for me to just realize, and this came a lot through the Female Fusion members as well, that it can't be worse than this. And that this is the moment to take a risk because the worst thing that that can happen is already happening. Um, And this is how my conversation with one of our other funding members, uh, Bianca, uh, started. and, And she said, change, pivot now. And this is how we went into the investment uh, programs. And that has changed tremendously my journey. It has changed me as a person because I realized that once you take that big jump, things can go magnificently well if you still put in the effort. And I think that from that perspective, female fusion was actually a a significant part of my journey during that time. Oh, I love hearing that. (laughs) And Gosh, I remember that time because we're like three years into it now and just the the fear and the uncertainty, I think that we all had because we didn't have a crystal ball. We didn't know what was going to happen. I think we just kept plugging away and going, next month will be better. Okay, next month was the same. Next month will be better. And then all of a sudden it starts to to get better. But I found the, um, the support that we had within the community and all women coming together was so powerful. Not not only the support, I would say. Um, 2020 caught me up heavily pregnant. My second son was born in the end of June of that year. And everything that was happening in my business topped it up with, you know, going through final stages of a pregnancy. What really held me throughout the members is that a few of them really shaken me up. Uh, because I I would not, I, I just entered in a stage where I was paralyzed about what was happening and did not really want to make any decision. And yeah. at one point, you need to have women entrepreneurs around you or entrepreneurs in general, but so much more powerful where, you know, women, women community that also understand the motherhood and the pregnancy aspect yeah. that would just tell you, snap out of it. This is when you need to take action. And I sort of say that as well, that we, sometimes have to kick your butt with with love 
because you do see it. And I think as well for people like myself who I've been in this game for 25 years now that I see things sometimes and it's like you're, you're your own worst enemy. You know, you are getting in your way. And if you got out of your own way, can you imagine what you would be able to achieve? But as you said, it's that paralysis. It's the paralysis that people have in the moment and you can see it. And I know it when I, I can always tell when things are not going well in people's businesses, because there is that paralysis and there's the, I'm going to cancel everything. I'm not going to talk to people. I'm going to sit in front of my computer for 18 hours and see how I can make money. And I'm like, that's not the way. <laughs> yes, it, I think it takes a lot of effort to just step out of it. And yes, and I'm now in a phase where I'm doing the second layer of stepping out of my business to scale up. And, and the first time around, it was so frightening. Whereas my experience now with the information that I have today after these three years, I'm so excited about it. Yeah. But you just, you need to just take that risk and take that leap of faith because exactly as my experience has been, what's the worst thing that can happen? Not knowing is already bad enough. So you might as well go for it. Exactly. And I noticed as well, our, our bigger businesses within Female Fusion, and we have we have quite a few bigger businesses that are seven figures plus, and we try to have regular meetups where people are able to to connect because having those conversations with people who are at the same level as you are so important as well. But what I notice with all of the bigger businesses is they have a vision and they have a plan for their business. And that's the difference that I see between the smaller businesses and the bigger businesses. And even the smaller businesses, when they start out, the ones that have that vision within two, three years, they're in seven figure club. Have you noticed that? I, I did, but I also... From from a mindset standpoint, what I think that happens is that when you're a small business or you're just starting up, you're so focused on revenue, right? Yes. You're so focused on sales. You're, it's the mind that tricks you into thinking that if you put all your effort into day in and day out operations, revenue will come. Whereas what I know today, and I did not know this for a very long time, is that if you're actually focused on your vision, you're going to be able to step out of the operations and understand that it's so much more important sometimes to just have lunch with a potential partner for an hour instead of working on your Excel sheet for that hour. And that yes. spend your time for your business rather than in your business. Yeah. But it took me years to see that. And Again, going back to female fusion, having the right people around you that would just give you that insight early on yeah. is priceless. It is. And it's so important. And I wish that more people would see that. And I hope that from them watching this podcast or listening to this podcast, that they see how important that is. Because by you not doing that, you're slowing the whole process down. You're adding like one years, two years, three years onto that growth, where if you got out of your own way, if you had that vision, if you put more trust into yourself in the process, that you would grow faster. That's absolutely correct. So 
This August is actually the uh, ninth anniversary of my business. I know that because we all need to renew our trade license, right? <laughs> um, and the growth that I've experienced with the immigration office in the past two years tenfolds the previous seven. Just because I got out of the way. And that's the reason why I was telling you that I'm again in a, in a place where if I want to scale, I need to get even one more step back and trust the fact that it's not only the operations and the teams that are efficient now, but there needs to be a le level of management in my office that is not directly me. And this has been the biggest challenge that I've had, right? Because the moment the business gets stable, you feel like it's your own child, right? You poured your of heart course, and soul yeah. into it. And it's so hard to just realize that if you really want to be an entrepreneur, what you want to build is teams that work efficiently. You want to invest in people because if people are thriving, your business will thrive. Your experiences as an entrepreneur will be, yeah. I can put more time in other ideas. I can explore other avenues. But that's a struggle. That's a real struggle. The, the letting go part is, is a very interesting exercise for me. Yeah. And I would say, because I talk to, to all of our members, and I think I see different challenges for different businesses depending upon where they are in their entrepreneurial journey. So the businesses starting out to maybe like mid six figures, marketing is normally the biggest challenge. The moment that you get close to seven figures or above seven figures, the biggest challenge is pretty much always people. And building those teams, building teams that you can trust so you're able to step away and you're able to focus on the next big thing. You're able to focus on the vision and delivering that vision. And that's, that's a scary thing. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And um, I do want to touch on one point. I think that one of the challenges with people is not only the people themselves and keeping them here, because we all know, right, in UAE, people will be here for a couple of years. Yeah. And then, but then what happens is that when you're a small business, you don't necessarily look at the vision of the people you hire. Yeah. You don't look at what their goals are. You're looking at skill sets yeah. and, you know, how much of my problem will they solve today, but not necessarily what, where will they be in five years. Whereas when I'm recruiting now, I'm looking at what is their growth plan, what is their journey, yeah. and make sure that it aligns with what I see in our team as, you know, efficient and matching and compatibility in, in that term. I'm, I'm really glad that you pointed that out because I think it doesn't get spoken about enough. And when I see people who are making their first couple of hires in their business, and look, let's face it, when we had our first couple of hires got it wrong, right? I mean, a few it's times. a few times and it took me a few times until, till I got it right. And nobody tells you this stuff, right? They don't go and explain to you that you need to be more strategic in the way that you hire. And there needs to be a lot of hiring slow and firing fast, especially yeah. as a, as a business owner. But you want to hire the right people who are going to contribute to that vision. But then also they need to see that there's a future for them in the business. Because if they're hired just for one task and that's all that there is within the business, a year, 18 months, two years from now, they're going to be looking 
for something else because their options are are limited. Absolutely. And what I th what I feel here is that it's also depending a lot on where you are as a person. Yeah. Uh, and how complete you are. Because my experience when hiring, when things did not go great, I was heartbroken. Whereas I'm not heartbroken right now. I always felt I gave them everything. I created a nice environment. I am a fantastic, uh, you know, employer. I'm very relaxed. I'm giving them all the tools to thrive, right? And then people would be leaving. So, so that was, I felt betrayed. I can't feel betrayed today because I, if I look back five years ago, I know exactly why they left. They left because I had no vision for their role. There was no yeah. path of growth. There was no challenge, right? Yeah. It was a nine to five, a nine to six that you would come in, leave, and not necessarily see any direction. And when I ask myself, would I have stayed? The answer is no. Right, um, yeah. But it takes, I feel, a lot of work on yourself to face that and not to think that the world is against you, but just look back at yourself in the mirror and realize that you can also do things in a better way. Well, I guess it's also having, um, you know, having the, the ability as well to separate it, the business from you personally. And that's always really hard too, because the business is you right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 the business is here. It's business, you know, and I find too, the thing I hate the most is having to let somebody go. Even if they're terrible at their job, everybody's a human being. And I always, for me, I've always found that really hard. But the thing is, is that it's business. It's not personal. It's, you know, whether I made a mistake or they made a mistake that that person is not right for the role. It's not personal. And I think for us as business owners, we need to get stronger as well at doing that. And when you recognize if something isn't working, to take action on it rather than going, oh, maybe I'll give them another three months, maybe another six months, and you still have the same problems. And so it's better to find the right people, but then to also provide them with that journey and the pathway of what it looks like for them in your company. Absolutely. And um, one of the things that I got wrong at the beginning is that I would have had people in my teams that I loved as friends. Yeah. Right? And then, Can't uh, hire your friends. But they were not friends. Yeah. They joined as employees and they, and they became, became friends. friends. And then I realized that we can be friends even if we're no longer working together. Yeah. And the moment I realized that, I have... Two of the people that are closest to me in my circle who are former the immigration office employees. And that you fired? That, yes. <laughs> and we're excellent friends, yeah. I think, because of that. But do you know the thing that I've said to people when I've had to let people go? Because a lot of times it hasn't been them doing something completely negligent. Just me recognizing that the person that I need, they're not the right fit. That by keeping that person in the business that I'm also keeping them from them building their career or other opportunities because everybody deserves to be in a role that they thrive in, that they're happy with. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but what I know, and I, I know that to my core right now, 
is that every single time I really feared letting someone go, and it can be for various reasons. Yeah. I thought the business won't make it without them. They're essential. They're nobody. Every single yes. time that has happened, whoever came in that place or the way that role has shifted was actually a lot better for, for the business yeah. every single time. Every time. So because I've had this experience three or four times now, I have no fear because yeah. I know it's just my mind that is resistant to change. And we all like comfort and stability and yeah. knowing how things are pan out, right? But um, I just know now that it's for the better. Just let it yeah. go. It's for the better. It's it's a process. But once you know that and you've experienced it enough times, yeah. there's no fear behind it anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I also, I, I tell this story sometimes as well, and I'm, I'm not going to mention her name, um, but I had a woman who worked for me years ago who was my executive assistant. She was terrible, like the worst executive assistant I ever had. Brilliant person, mm. so disorganized, <laughs> so like forgetting things, just not a good executive assistant. She had gone off on her summer holidays and done a yoga teacher training course. And she was still, after she had come back, she was still terrible, terrible in her job. And I ended up having to let her go. And I felt really bad because as a person, incredible, amazing person. And she was a little bit sad in the beginning about, oh, I lost my job. What am I going to do? But she actually was like, actually, I want to teach yoga. And she is living somewhere else in the world. And the country that she lives in now, she is one of the most sought after yoga teachers in that country. And whenever she comes through Dubai or if we're in another place, we always meet up and have a coffee and we always joke. And I say to her, you're the worst executive assistant <laughs> I've ever had. It's not your zone of genius, but it freed her up to do where she should have been. Absolutely. And I think sometimes that's where we need to go. It's not right for you. It's not that, you know, anything else, but you're not going to thrive in this role. And the reality is that whenever you get redirected, if, just approach it with a bit of curiosity, because yeah. as you say, right, it can, it can lead you to the best experience of your life. Yeah. And so. um, when... When you've been moving out of your business, because this is a big thing as a business owner, that we go from being in the day-to-day -to, -day to all of a sudden working on the business. You said it took you about three years to do that. For people who are struggling to do that, what piece of advice would you give to them? How can you work on your business? Well, there are a few reasons why people might struggle with it. And I think in in most cases, it really um, links a lot to having the control over what happens. So have systems in place. Know exactly what you want to measure and the frequency of you needing to measure that without affecting the business and giving your assurance that if you're going to measure it for three weeks or five weeks, whatever it is, the timeline that works in your business to give freedom to your teams to perform, know that you'll be able to see that weekly. Have processes in place because if you're just going to shoot in the dark, then you're going to get even more anxious. That's one of the most fundamental things that I needed to make sure that I can breathe throughout the week, right? But then another very important aspect is to work on yourself. 
be it with a therapist, with a coach, with a friend, with a networking environment, make sure that you're surrounded by people who have experienced what you're going through. Because if you're going to be surrounded or you're going to be in an environment where everyone is worrying about you stepping out, then that's exactly what you're going to live day on, right? But if you have an environment of growth, where people around you feel like this is the normal step that you should take, or if you have the right support that you put in place prior to doing this step, everything will flow easily in your mind. And I feel that if you take care of your mind and the mindset that you have every morning, then you're going to be able to actually enjoy the process. Mm. And it's so powerful what you say too about investing in yourself. And I think also investing in yourself and investing in your business. And that's one of the things that holds people back. And I find it really interesting when people say to me, oh, my business isn't doing very well. Um, I, I can't afford to go to this networking event or I can't afford to learn how to do this. And I'm like, but that's what's holding you back. You know, you need to you need to invest. You can't just sit at your computer and say, I have no business, I don't know what to do. You need to actually physically go out there and meet people and talk to people and build those connections to take training, whether it's free training or if you're in a mastermind or some sort of group, to be surrounded by people who are going to give you that knowledge, who are going to be inspiration, who are going to encourage you, push you along, recommend you. And I'm surprised by how many people are still resistant to that. Do you notice that, that there's a lot of business owners that are very resistant to that? I do. And again, I I see a few reasons why I think that is happening. Uh, One of them comes from self-confidence. A lot of people have a really hard time just stepping in the limelight and networking. Um, And that's because they assume or they expect that everyone in the room is better than them. Um, And I always tell young, young women starting on their entrepreneurial journey, play a role if you need to. Just walk in the room imagining that you're the most empowered, thriving, fabulous self that you are and go with that attitude and and you're going to need to, you know, really play a role and fake it for a couple of times. But if the more you do that, the more the the role actually becomes who you are. Um, So I think one of the reasons is this, the fear of really interacting and, and probably post the year that we all had without socializing, it's even harder now. Yeah. Um, I'm an ambivert, so I love my me time. But then I have created this persona when I started networking that was so fabulously built in my head that I would be excited about just tapping into that role, go network and, you know, take the clothes off and and, um, let it go. And that worked really well for me. Another reason is I see sometimes people um, looking at cost and they rather spend 150 dirhams printing business cards than 150 dirhams on a, you know, business yeah. breakfast. And I and always I'm like, say, you don't need the business cards. Exactly. Go to do meaningful the networking connections. Go do, and talk to people. Absolutely. Get the QR code out for your WhatsApp or your LinkedIn. Do that. Absolutely. I would say skip the new outfit. 
skip the expectation that you need to be in a certain way to be in that room and just go. Because what I know is that you might be in a room with a hundred people and you're going to build a connection with two. And I would actually advise you not to build a connection with more than five in a networking event if you yeah. really want to have things to follow up on. Uh, but that person that you're connecting truly with may have a fantastic impact on your business, be it from, a, from an expertise or advisory role, be it from an actual opening doors for you or yeah. just supporting you. I, I feel that networking is something that it's not only that we should not ignore, but it's, it's literally the bread and butter of any business growth. It is, but it takes time to cultivate. And some people struggle with this. And, you know, a big part of female fusion is networking and collaboration and connection, whether it's online or if it's in person. And I have had people complain to the team and say, well, I went to that event and I didn't get any business. And so female fusion is terrible for my business. Yeah, but we're not hunting, right? Correct. And this, I think this is the thing that maybe if you haven't had that experience, especially as a business owner, that it takes time to learn because nobody wants to go to a networking event and be sold to. But if you go enough times and people get to know you and they like you and they trust you, that then that business will come. But it takes time. It does. And I think that a lot of times when people have these um, reactions to how their experience at the networking event was, um, it comes from a place of hunger. And obviously, yes. I mean, in a, in a, in a business yeah, sustainability, business. right? Yeah. Um, so I understand that perspective. But what happens is, it's again, in my opinion, linked to the mindset. Because if your mindset is that I'm going to go in today and I'm going to find 2,000 dirhams worth of business in this room, you're missing out on an opportunity to see whom in the room is the right person for you to go and just work on that two million deal. Mm -hmm. And I understand where or what causes the urgency of the mindset of saying, I need something to be done today, but you're missing out on really helping your business thrive later on. And I would now always take a meaningful connection that takes months, years to build, and then we build something together or we open new avenues together, then saying, I want you to be my client. My, my approach, and because I'm an immigration consultant, for me, it's in the UAE, where we have 90% expats, I could go hunt for business in any room, in any event in this country. And I'd rather go whenever someone would ask me about immigration, giving my best free two cents on any topic, meet them for a coffee, freely tell them, everything that I know as a professional, because that person is going to probably be supporting me with 10, 15, 20, 100 clients. Correct. Just because of my openness or my lack of despair to close a small ticket-sized business now. Yeah. It's not worth the energy. It's not. It's not. It's such wisdom. And I really hope that people listening to this, especially if networking feels uncomfortable or awkward to them. I hope that it gives them 
Something to think about because you are one person who is very good at networking and building those connections and use that very successfully to, to grow your business. So thank you for sharing that wisdom as well. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I'm so grateful for all of your time, Oana. Thank you. It was fantastic being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Women on the Rise podcast and our 30 most inspiring female entrepreneurs. If you are inspired by today's episode, why not come and join us in Female Fusion? We would absolutely love to have you. This is where you will be able to connect with the most incredible female entrepreneurs who are all committed to building a most profitable business. All you need to do is head over to femalefusionnetwork.com forward slash join. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.